for the marriage bed, young enough that after a couple of clouts to the head, she wouldn't ever think to flout him or his wishes. It was good. He looked up to see a score of faces lined up along the ramparts, staring down at him. He'd heard rumours about all the soldiers here at Penwith, but he'd discounted them. He would soon see... He motioned to his lieutenant, Derek, to ride forward to present his terms. Derek had a magnificent voice, hard and deep, and it would carry all the way to the sea beyond Land's End. Arlen nodded to him. Derek called out, Lord of Penwith, soldiers of Penwith, tenants one and all, there is no heir to Penwith. Sir Arlen de Frome agrees to wed with Lady Meron de Gay, and to entrust unto himself, as heir, the welfare and safety of all Penwith lands, until such time as Lord Velendegay dies. Then Sir Arlen will become Lord of Penwith. No one will be harmed if the drawbridge is lowered, and we are allowed to enter in peace. Well done, Derek, Arlen said, even as he smiled at all the outraged shouts, the loud murmurings, men leaving the ramparts doubtless to run down to tell Lord Velen that there was a lion at the gate. A bit of time passed, not much, but Sir Arlen was an impatient man. His destrier fidgeted as his master grew more agitated. He spoke to Derek in a low voice. Derek shouted, Open the drawbridge, or your blood will be forfeit. Another bit of time passed, and then came the loud winching of the wrist-thick chains as the drawbridge slowly lowered over the brackish water, deep and stagnant and a good dozen feet wide. It was happening, just as he'd wanted it to. It was a sign from God. Never was a keep taken so easily. Sir Arlen led his men over the wide wooden bridge, looking upward at the portcullis that in times of war could drop down, its pointed iron bars embedding deeply into the earth or spearing into an enemy. They rode through the outer court, narrow and thick-walled, through a double set of open gates into the inner bailey. Scores of people had gathered there, all of them still, staring at him and his men. Children clutched to parents' sides, animals quiet and wary, heads raised as if scenting the danger. Everything was normal, it seemed to Arlen, except for the silence. Well, silence wasn't a bad thing. It showed respect to the new lord. There wasn't much dust for the horses to kick up in the inner bailey. Arlen smiled when he saw Lord Velen de Gay standing at the bottom stone stair of the keep. His granddaughter stood behind him, nearly out of sight, but he glimpsed her peeking around her grandfather to see the man who had so easily taken their keep. Her soon-to-be husband. Aye, it was good. Lord Velen didn't look away from the big man, covered in chainmail, who was riding straight at him. At the last moment, Sir Arlen pulled his powerful destrier to a halt, not six feet from Lord Velen. My lord, I am Sir Arlen de Frome of Keswick, I am here to save you from marauders who would raise your keep and kill your people. There was a frozen moment of silence then. Doubtless I am blessed that you came to save me, said Lord Velen. 
an impertinence, but Sir Arlen let it pass. He was an old man, and old men had their pride, even when they had nothing else. Sir Arlen said, "'You have need of an heir, my lord, and your granddaughter has need of a husband. You now have both standing before you.' "'My son died but a fortnight ago,' said Lord Velen. "'You made good speed to get here.' "'I? I did. I wanted what was mine. Where is my future wife?' Lord Velen said, "'Before you see my granddaughter, Sir Arlen.' before you announce that you are here to become my heir. I feel it only fair that I warn you. Sir Arlen laughed. Warn me? Warn me about what? Lord Velen said, his voice lowered just a bit. For hundreds of years, this land, all the different fortresses that have stood here,